This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome to Bark and Swagger on Pet Life Radio. I'm Jody Miller Young, your host. I discovered Vagabond Dogs on Instagram and immediately set up and took notice. I love the timeless designs, the artisan's feel, the vibrant colors and patterns, and the craftsmanship. It, it all drew me in. So I followed them for a while, saw the work they did in Rescue in Bali. Then I learned that brand founder Ted Nemeth began as a custom furniture maker. Well, It just got more and more interesting for me. So today, I'm excited to introduce you to Vagabond Dogs, and Ted has been kind enough to sit for an interview. But before we get started, we're going to take a short break from our sponsor. We've got a lot to cover, including how you can get your own Vagabond Dogs accessory. So grab that favorite beverage, get comfortable, stick around. We'll be right back. You know that feeling when you go to clean the litter box and it's a complete disaster? Yeah, we've got you covered. Introducing World's Best Cat Litter Zero Mess, the advanced litter that gives you two times better clumping and more odor control with less litter. Zero Mess combines the concentrated power of corn with super-absorbent plant fibers. Translation, scoop once and you're done. Find it at a pet store near you and save $2. Visit www.saveonworldsbest.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Bark and Swagger on Pet Life Radio. If you've just joined us, we're here today with the founder of a very, very cool brand called Vagabond Dog. They craft timeless, beautiful accessories for dogs. They're vibrant with color, if you love color like I do, and texture. Founder Ted Nemeth is here, and he's going to share with us about the brand, about his inspiration, and how Bali plays a key role in what he and partner Nelly do. Hey, Ted. Hey, thanks for the kind words. No problem. I'm really excited to have you on. Following you guys for all this time, I've always been really, really taken with the look of the accessories that you craft. And I always wondered, like, why Vagabond Dogs? Why that name, first off? Sure. Well, you know, kind of playing the name game, I came across that word. And I just think it's a cool word. It's kind of curious. And then mm-hmm. secondly, it also tied in a lot to um, our travels and, you know, just kind of understanding dogs around the world and, and different travelers in different countries and seeing how everyone the dog community around the world is all pretty much it's very similar um but it it does play a big role when i travel you know i I try and plug into the the local associations and rescue and and donate and help and and walk in different shelters and stuff so kind of tied into that a little bit of a wanderlust yeah i just like the name yeah, it, it's a very cool name. And I think you're right. I think that when you have a heart for animals, you know, that transcends culture and, you know, nationality and location. And I do think that, you know, people who love dogs or animals around the world, that's a very, very common theme. And you can really relate on that level. And it ends up being a very quick icebreaker. You find that too? For sure. I mean, 
you know, helping dogs and getting the love and giving the love kind of tugs on a, a string that's, I think, pretty bedrock to all people around the world. So it's, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty uniting thing to, to talk about and bond over. And then, you know, you're in a cafe and in some interesting country and you can immediately meet people and share associations and, and places to visit. Yeah, exactly. And actually, when you sort of look at it from that perspective, you create things that sort of adorn beings that you love. You're a huge dog lover. And they have a definite aesthetic and certainly inspiration that I think ties into that love too. Tell us a little bit about that aesthetic and also what you're trying to sort of get across with your designs. Sure. I, um, I was living in California when I started to kind of storyboard the brand and the look and the aesthetic. And that was I was living there after 26 years in New York City, so it's a very different lifestyle in California. And I was living in Southern California at the time, so I was very much into the kind of cool, minimal, laid-back lifestyle of Southern California. But it's also kind of high-quality materials, luxury, but not opulent. It's kind of that cool... Venice Beach, but also a little bit of Joshua Tree National Park, you know, this kind of desert vibes, um, beach vibes. So I was very much in tune with that aesthetic when I was putting together the brand, seeing what was already out there. You know, I definitely wanted to get away from the kind of rhinestones and shiny pink, glossy (laughs) type of stuff that's a bit ubiquitous. (laughs) Just getting simple, high fashion, not trendy. So that was kind of the basis of it. But then, you know, it's doing some other travels in the past. I was very taken by some of the prints that I saw in Thailand when I was there. Mm -hmm. Um, I've got one design called uh, Indigo Dreams, which is just these beautiful deep blues that they use in the hills in Thailand. And then um, we've got one design which uses the um, indigenous fabrics in Indonesia. So, yeah, they're they're just beautiful and you kind of try and tie them into your, your products. Absolutely. You know, today you describe yourself by your own words as a an eccentric artist, but you weren't always, maybe you had that inside of you, but you weren't always that in terms of what you did in the world. Tell us about your background in the business world and what brought you here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my, uh, my life took a, a quick turn years ago. Yeah. I, I got a degree in corporate finance. I worked in Wall Street for a few years ran screaming from that. And uh, the tech bubble was right at that point. So I worked at two different tech companies, which I actually loved. Great, great progressive people in the tech world. Did that for a while. I was at my second company when I started to randomly play with leather. And I was at the Hell's Kitchen flea market and saw this piece of leather that I just bought and cut up and made a bag. And like all master craftsmen throughout history, I watched some YouTube videos on how to create, uh, how to be a leather craftsman. And what can't you I learn on YouTube? Became, uh, I know, right? So yeah, I was. Uh, I started that launched my my new career. I was at that point really taken by furniture as kind of sculptural and beautiful. So I immediately went into um, making some uh, some chairs and bags. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't until several years later that I always knew I was going to get into dog accessories, but the uh, furniture commissions were just so so strong at that point. So I was kind of riding that for a while. And then it was just a few years ago and I started to finally put the accessories collection on the forefront. 
mm-hmm. and launched it last year. Fantastic. Well, we're glad you did. And you have a partner. Nellie is your partner, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. She has a really envious job only because I'm a fabric nut of sourcing your beautiful materials. Tell us a little bit about her part of the equation. Sure. She's uh, from California and has a real background in fashion. She was at, at two large houses and ran production, sourcing materials, and kind of storyboarding the collection. So she's traveled all around and had a real eye for trends and kind of putting together cohesive collections. And so she was real key in in helping uh, launch it. And she'd been to, to Bali three times in the past and had experience with production there. Mm-hmm. So when we went on our trip early last year, it was our intent to source some craftsmen there and look at um, having them do our production. And such incredible craftsmen in Bali, everything wood carving, stone carving, seamstress, and then leather is very strong. Leather work is, is very strong in Bali. So we found two factories that we like. I say factory, but um, they're really just family-run businesses. And just fell in love with them. They're so warm and friendly and very high credibility and and just honesty and just a pleasure to work with. So we had some materials, we had some designs, we had to make some prototypes and really decided that, you know, we wanted to have our production there and and support these families and um, kind of a nice, certainly a nice place to have a second home base. Oh my God, yeah. uh, So she's there now. Yeah, so she's there now. She's got our dog, Zen. She kind of oversees production and does some travel also around Southeast Asia, kind of sourcing fabrics and materials. Wonderful. Wow. Great job. Um, and Bali is gorgeous. Beautiful, beautiful place, right? Oh, it's, it really is a designer's paradise. It's, everyone's there. All these digital nomads that are doing consulting, designing, <laughs> production out of there, you know, on a hammock on the beach. Paradise if, if they didn't like... More. Yeah, if they didn't check out in Costa Rica, they checked out in Bali, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it is um, it is paradise. Very cool. Well, you have 12 different collar designs with names like Malibu, Topanga, Chelsea, Indigo Dreams. I can definitely tell that you're inspired by your environment in Los Angeles, in New York. I thought Indigo Dreams might have been Bali, but you're telling me it's Thailand, which makes total sense. Tell us a little bit more about your traveling adventures and what inspires you in each of these locales. I know you talked about L.A. a bit and not so much about Bali in terms of what's inspiring you in particular that translates into your designs, but also New York and any other place. Yeah, it was, yeah. interesting. I'm more inspired by architecture than art. And I realized it only after I was kind of putting the final designs together. I don't know, architecture and furniture, they use such such modern materials and mm-hmm. um, unconventional aesthetics and combinations of materials. And I just always find that architecture a lot more um, inspiring from a design perspective. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of limited right now to leather just because of the, the cost of materials. But I'm working on incorporating some other materials later this year that, that I could, I'll talk about it a little bit later. But yeah, the architecture was a big inspiration. And then a lot of kind of indigenous materials and designs. Thailand was a big inspiration. Down in Honduras, I was in uh, Honduras two, uh, three years ago now. And they have a completely different design aesthetic. So yeah, just kind of marrying and marrying this different 
cultures and aesthetics and, and it's uh, very and travel the world. Yeah, and I think that people that are either travelers like yourself or just, you know, a, a particular vibe of a pattern or color combination speaks to them, you know, they love that the story is that this is from someplace exotic. It's someplace far away and it's very tied to their culture. So I think that's really cool. A lot of people have their kind of everyday reliable kind of nylon or, or rope leashes that they've had for 10 years and, and the last generation. So we wanted to create something that was a little more kind of fancy, dress collar, dress leashes. You know, they'll, they'll last a lifetime. They're high quality materials, but you know, we wanted to create something that was a bit more kind of like spoil yourself a little bit and, mm-hmm. and the dog kind of a dress up. So um, yeah, kind of tying in these these different locations and and kind of um, just yeah, I guess luxury, luxury. Yeah, luxury. uh, Aesthetic we're going for. Absolutely, and luxury doesn't have to be blingy. In fact, some Mm. of the finest luxury is you know just sort of rich and has real depth. You can see all of these designs on the Bark and Swagger page of the Pet Life Radio sites. You can sort of follow along with what we're talking about. You rescued your dog, Zen, from Bali on the brink of death, you said. What happened? Yeah, there, well, there's a lot of street dogs in Bali. And street dog doesn't have the, or homeless dog doesn't have the, the negative connotation that a lot of people think of because Bali is this beautiful weather year-round and the, the dogs are in such good spirits. You know, there's beach everywhere and, and the mountains and they're actually really, really friendly and happy. And um, but we did find this a street dog that he was just weeks old and as sick as a, a puppy could be. We came across him and rushed him to the vet, and we were just able to save him. And he's a terrier mix. Still trying to find what he's mixed with, just based on behavior and stuff like that. It's kind of fun trying to decode him a little bit because it's not obvious. But oh, he's such a happy little guy and uh, he loves other dogs yeah you can see that some dogs just want to be around humans and some dogs you know really love to play with other dogs and zen's very social with other dogs so it's so fun to see him running around the beach with other dogs and um yeah he's our little spokesman oh and he has a forever home which is beautiful and he continues to live in bali with nelly yeah yeah fantastic is he white um, he's mostly white. He's got yeah. some gray yeah, around his nose and then kind of down on his paws. Yeah, I followed that on Instagram. I saw him. Yeah, he's adorable. And he is quirky oh, looking, but he's very cute. You, like us here at Bark and Swagger, um, are all about rescue. And you talk about it and advocacy on your site. Can you elaborate on what Vagabond Dogs is doing? Yeah, we're putting together uh, a few different programs. Um, one of them that we're launching soon is a newsletter that'll go out monthly. We've interviewed a few different uh, just advocates that are really doing things either in their spare time or they full-time, really just promoting everything from health to the latest research, diet, training, you know, and then, of course, the spotlight on ethical treatment and mm-hmm. um, rescuing from kill shelters and, and helping find homes and then transportation. And we really want to give as much spotlight to them as possible. So 
the newsletter will include a lot of that. Right. As well Wonderful. as some, you know, shopping and things like that. So that'll be going out monthly. Mm-hmm. And then there's an, a fun program that we're putting together. Hopefully we'll have it in place by the end of the summer. And I haven't named it yet, but it's going to be kind of along the lines of spoil them. And yeah. we're going to, yeah, we've got an adoption center in each major city, one in New York, one in LA, San Francisco, trying to find one down in your area, either, you know, Fort Lauderdale, Miami, West Palm Beach or something. And then maybe one in London and one in Dubai, since we're most of our, those are our second biggest countries or or cities outside of the U.S. is London and Dubai. So I'm thinking about doing it there. So anyway, it's a program that's really fun and it would be along the lines of every 100th adoption would get, it would be a surprise. They would get a, a free gift pack where they would get a spa day for free, a full shampoo, haircut, nails, full pampering, and then a gift bag, you know, free collar and and leash of their choice, and then uh, an organic treats and um, shampoo and kind of a grooming kit. And I've got a a short list of vendors in each of those cities that are willing to participate and donate their time so I think it'd be really fun and a great story and, you know, uh, short videos, you know, they'd have to self-film it because I can't travel to all of those cities. But I think right. we can edit the, the video and the stills together to make a really fun update each month from all those different cities. And uh, so it would be along the lines of the Spoil Them type program. That is and, very uh, cool. Yeah. My yeah. God, that lucky hundredth pop. Yeah. And I think it really speaks to that, that ethos of adopt, don't shop. Anything to help get to kind of promulgate that uh, ethos. So, yeah, I'm working on that. I'm still finalizing the participating vendors that, that are willing to donate. And so that's a fun one. Absolutely. And keep us posted about that because we would love to follow those adventures. Mm-hmm. I think most people who listen to this show are very into rescuing and, and helping shelter animals. I really enjoyed reading your blog. Some posts are, you know, just like two sentences, and that's cool because they have some great art. But some are like free-form stream of consciousness. And in one, you're talking about Zen, your dog, and how Zen informs your design and designing for dogs who aren't necessarily breeder perfect, let's say. You refer to it as an unusual sort of ugly collection Although you point out that no dogs are truly ugly, which we agree with. I thought this was like an interesting take, and I wondered if you were really going to go there. Are you? Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. And along those lines, I just came across Cletus on your website. Oh, my God. Cletus is the coolest oh, little dog. God. Isn't he wonderful? I fell in love. I Me mean, that's too. so perfect. But yeah, I, d- I definitely want to do that collection. I intentionally pushed it off a little bit because I didn't want to come out with the with a collection like that off off the bat. So sure. I don't get kind of pigeonholed. You know, sure, as, as the ugly accessory maker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But I think done really, I still want to use that name because I think done really well. I'm not definitely going to use that name, but I think done really well. I think it's actually kind of owning the term and can be playful, although we'll see. But yeah, and I, I, I think it can get a lot of traction in the media and bring well-needed attention to, you know, that ethos of adopt, don't shop. So, um, and guys like Cletus 
And my friend Antonio Balator has got a dog named Edie, who's along the lines. She just, mm-hmm. she's such a heartbreaker. So yeah, I want to kind of bring those stories to the forefront. So I think a, a really well done collection that is along those lines aesthetically, but still fun, playful, cool. Mm-hmm. I think, I don't think it exists and I think it's really fun and, and I'm definitely going to do it probably later this year, or early next year. I'm going to um, put that out there. Well, we love that. What do you think out there? Would you buy an accessory from a quote ugly dog collection that really meant different, unusual, and very cool? If you had a quirky dog, think about that. Yeah, maybe maybe we call it avant garde or something. Avant garde collection or something. We'll see. It could be. It's it's definitely something to play with and think about. But Yeah, yeah, do that while we take a short break from our sponsor. But when we come back, we're going to talk products for humans and an upcoming TV show. But before we take a break, I have a great tip to turn you on to and a very cool offer. Check this out. Are you like me and do you take like a gazillion photos of your dogs? Because I do. And finding them is always a challenge. This morning, Jasper did the cutest thing. He laid down in front of the dog park and we didn't have time to go to the dog park. But he did a protest lay-in, and I had to take him into the dog park for two minutes, or I couldn't move him anywhere. So I took a picture of him doing his protest lay-in because it was so cute. But you have your favorites, too. What do you do with all of them? I came across a company that is doing something really cool that I think you might love. They're called Canvas People. They will print your favorite memories, photos, on Canvas. And turn it into a unique work of art that you can hang on your wall, makes for great decor. I know I would love something like that. And the coolest thing is I have a special offer for you as Bark and Swagger listeners. All you have to do to get your own 11 by 14 canvas people print for free. You're only paying shipping and handling. But this is a $69.99 value. And you can get it for free is going to canvaspeople.com, that's C-A-N-V-A-S-P-E-O-P-L-E.com, and putting in a special code BARK, and you can get your very own 11 by 14 print of your favorite pet photo. I'm going to do it. I hope you do too. And if you do, send me pictures, and we'll post them on Instagram. So again, For your free 11 by 14 Canvas People print of your favorite photos, go to canvaspeople.com and put in the special promo code BARK, B-A-R-K. So refresh that beverage, get comfortable, and we'll be right back. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back, right after we kibble a little with our sponsors. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Pick up two bottles of Lico Chops, get the third bottle free. New improved Lico Chops with omega-6, omega-3, vitamin E, and now six extra direct-fed microbials. Even better for the digestive tract and immune system. And dogs love it. Try Lico Chops. Buy two, get one free. This is Henry Lukasevic for Dynavite. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. 
Welcome back. You're listening to Bark and Swagger on Pet Life Radio. I'm Jody Miller Young. Uh, if you just joined us, we're talking to Ted Nemeth, founder of Vagabond Dogs, a very, very beautiful and timeless and cool accessories brand for dogs. You also create some very cool products for humans. What are you working on? Yeah, actually, I've got some pieces coming out soon. It's a collaboration with my twin sister. Um, she does amazing embroidery on fabric, and we, we kind of do insets of that in, into the leather. And the next pieces we're working on are these really kind of luxury avant-garde coats. Mm-hmm. And I think there's three in particular that we're going to do. And we're still figuring out if we're going to donate them as a, maybe to a silent auction or maybe the, one of the big fundraisers later in the year as kind of a prize because they're really, really detailed and intricate. So, you know, to put a price on it would be a little too high. So we'd almost rather donate them and get the attention. um, Yeah. It's a great idea. For the charity that way. Yeah. Um, And then we'll get feedback and and collaborate that way. But it's basically a a collaboration that would tie in the, the dog accessories with like a zipper pouch that the humans, the the owners would use or a wallet that matches the collar that kind of thing. So it's uh, it's a tie-in with a bit of a bohemian, very kind of artisan feel to it. And we've got a few designs that we're putting out uh, very shortly. No, oh, I can't wait to see. I know you had mentioned something to me about maybe working in the future on dog bags. Is that something that you're doing as well? Yeah, we're going to we're going to do some coats and then dog bags after that. The reason I put it off is I wanted to. I'm still investigating some of these new fabrics and materials that are out there, and mainly to give some vegan options. You know, right now vegan just means plastic or canvas. There's some really, really interesting alternatives out there right now, but they're a little bit cost prohibitive. 3D printed materials. I've been playing around with rubber coatings that are laser etched. Um, there's a mushroom mycelium leather that's really at the forefront of vegan leather. It's a bit pricey, but I'm, I'm trying to buy it out in bulk and see if we can get some some of those going. But those can be the mushroom mycelium leather is amazing. It, it looks like real leather, but it has its own. Yeah, it'll be ubiquitous probably next year, and mm. it's just it has natural and um, antibiotic properties from the mushrooms. It wicks away water like wool. It's really a fantastic. Wow. It grows very quickly. It, it's amazing uh, material. So things like that we're going to be working on for the, the bag collection. My, oh, exciting. my work is a little too... Yeah, if, if I were to do a leather bag collection, it would be quite expensive because I incorporate a lot of details. So I wanted to get some vegan options. I think would generate a lot of interest and I'm I'm trying to find some vendors where I can bring the, the price down a little bit. But yeah, fun stuff for later this year, early next Absolutely. year. Absolutely. Lots to look forward to. I mean, your plate is pretty full, but you've also got an internet TV show in the works. Tell us. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for it. I describe it as a project runway for dog accessories. It'll be an okay. internet TV series. And I've got, the, I've got a few leather craftsmen that I know around the world. Some of them work on dog accessories, some of them don't, but they're so talented and eccentric that I think even if they don't do dog accessories, I think that they would be great for the show. So basically it would be, it's a design contest. I don't 
I'm still finalizing whether we'll have uh, kind of a celebrity panel that we'll choose mm-hmm. or I'm, th- I'm leaning more towards the internet audience would vote mm-hmm. for who the winner is. And basically um, each episode would have three designers. They'll have one accessory to design. So the first one will be a collar. And one of the um, craftsmen that I, I definitely want to feature on my first episode is a guy in South Korea that's just mind-blowingly beautiful stuff he makes. Minimal, but just craftsmanship. He's very, very cool. And then there's a woman in um, Norway. There's a few, actually, female craftsmen up in the Scandinavian countries that I'd love to find one that's interested in doing this. And then myself. So it would be the three of us competing Mm-hmm. Just to create this really eccentric dog collar, and then you know we'd have a, a either a panel of judges or the the internet audience choose the winner, I and then the that. following episode, yeah, the winner would move on, and it would be maybe a leash or a coat with all new competitors. So I'm working on putting that together, and um, I'm hoping early next year to have the first episode shot and edited and put online. What a great way for people to get turned on to amazing craftsmen from around the world. You know, there are so many people who love pet fashion. I mean, love pet fashion. And they're always looking for new things. And not only to get turned on to craftsmen, designers, but also new materials, cutting edge materials. I think it's really exciting. Yeah, it speaks to a lot of different areas. Yeah, it's the fashion, which I'd like all of my endeavors to kind of point towards the adopt, don't shop and and, um, spotlight the advocacy. So, you know, the other thing I'm trying to figure out for the web series is maybe the winner donates the collar to a local shelter. Or maybe the collars, the three products are auctioned off online and those, those proceeds go towards the, the winning craftsman's um, charity of their choice. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll, it'll all spotlight advocacy. So it, it kind of brings the kind of luxury audience that really loves fashion and, and dogs and somehow kind of shining all of their attention and resources to, to advocacy. So, and then it's all worldwide, you know, once we can get a, since everything's online websites and web TV shows, we can draw on, and I've got clients all around the world. So I think it's a great way to to reach a mass audience. Well, we're looking forward to that one. We've covered a lot of grounds. Tell people where they can buy Vagabond Dogs and you ship worldwide, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Everything's on the website. It's vagabond-dogs.com, and they can sign up for the newsletter, which we're putting out soon, and they'll have updates on uh, everything we talked about and the Facebook and Instagram account. Beautiful. And where can people find you on social media? The links are on my um, on the website. There's the okay. link to Instagram and Facebook. I think it's, uh, what am I, vagabond underscore dogs on Instagram, I think. I believe is what it is. Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure, but um, you can definitely find it on the website, which is the main thing. All right. Cool. Great. 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 Thank you so much for being here, Ted. I love the brand. I wish you continued success and you got to come back and, uh, you know, fill us in on how all of this is going, all these new things, these new endeavors. Oh, I'd love to. Cool. Cool. And thank and you. Your all- website's amazing. Your, oh, your, your, um, your articles, it's really comprehensive. And 
I really liked seeing and Cletus. Oh my God. Everyone's listening has got to go to your website and see Cletus. I love him. I've got to get him one of our callers and, 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 and spotlight him on our website as well. So thank you for that. Oh, it's my pleasure. Cletus is actually a dog that through Best Friends Animal Society was found and eventually found his forever mom and dad who adore him and who live in, I think, L.A. Great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he is very unusual looking, probably a puppy mill product of inbreeding but never bothered him much and he is really adorable and has such confidence and such an air about him and loves fashion so you can check Cletus Allen Bargain Swagger thank you again Ted and thank you all for listening thanks to our producer Mark Winter Mark you make us sound really good and we appreciate that my passion is living stylishly in animal rescue so tune in next time to discover the designers home decor styles and rescue stories I love And don't forget to visit me at BarkandSwagger.com where you'll find great fashion, shelter stories, and more. So until next time, when fierce fashion calls, Bark and Swagger. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.